Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. So thanks for your concern. You're here with Bernice. And Ella. All right. So this week on the podcast, we are going to have Tracy. And we're going to be talking about slut shaming, honestly, sex ed, porn. She's a bikini barista. And then also just like a trigger warning, we are going to be talking about sexual assault today. So I know that this can be a pretty difficult topic to listen to. Feel free to set this one out and uh we love you but this is a really great episode and we really are excited to have tracy on and have her talk about our her experience and share our own so it's a really great episode we're really excited before we start do you want to do a little check-in how have you been what have you been up to i've been good getting back into the work grind and i did find the bling empire which i'm like obsessed Obsessed. (laughs) yeah i i mean it's like semi-upsetting because yeah. I feel like they don't know how to spend money. No. But it is entertaining. <laughs> absolutely. I'm absolutely obsessed with Anna. And honestly, I don't know what it is about rich Asians, but sign me up. I'm about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, this weekend, I really miss, like, the dirty club scene. Yeah. I, I don't know if I do because, like, I just – I feel like now I couldn't go into a dingy bar and feel the same because of germs. Like, I've been so hyper-aware of mm-hmm. hand sanitizing that I'd go into one of those bars and be like, oh, my God, it's filthy in here. Like, I can't believe I, dr- like, used to Zamboni off of dirty bar tables. I know. It's, it's wild, dude. I went to a bar this week for the first time, and I sat outside, and they were, they were playing, like, old, like, college cuts, and I was like, oh, my God, I miss, like – being gross drunk like happy singing um so yeah that got me (laughs) i feel you all right well let's get into the episode let's do it it's so good to have you i don't know if you like remember me that well from high school i know we didn't really like hang out but tracy and i were on the cheer team together go motherfucking bulldogs (laughs) but tracy do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself my name is tracy i'm 22 years old i like creating art as in painting and sculpting erotic art i recently applied for a job as a bikini barista and that's very interesting because there's a lot of different stigmas and different stereotypes types about that mostly negative so i'm trying to work through that and try to shift people's views and perspective on it i love that get your money girl and then do you yeah so you do erotic art and it's really cool i was really excited to have you on the podcast because berenice you know obviously showed me yourself and i was like oh this is so tight and how'd you like start getting into it were you always an artist or did you feel inspired to do erotic art by uh you know something i was always an artist at heart but i I had difficulty finding my my style that suited me because I always use like art as like an outlet to like express myself. But whenever I have like a, a specific mood, it I go to that style. Like if I'm like feeling sad, I would make more dark art. If I'm feeling more like sexual energy or like trying to heal from that, I make more like towards of the erotic art. Yeah, a lot of people have like shamed me for making that kind of art or they're like, oh, since you make vaginas and penises, you must be really freaky. And I'm like, 
no, that's not it at all. Yeah, that's really cool. I I definitely feel like I've been doing art way more because of quarantine because I have a lot of time, um, a lot of time <laughs> on my hands. Do you feel like your art's changed with going into quarantine or is it just have you found more time for it? Um, Yeah, more for like my business. So I've always I've always been an artist since like as long as I can remember, like four or five. But I started considering being an artist when I was 16, actually, when I was in high school. And my teacher, she was a ceramics teacher. And um, one day I was like creating like an art piece, like an erotic art piece. It was a vagina with like a tongue out of it, but the vagina lists were like more like floral <laughs> and all of that. And she was like, all the students were like, no, like they told on me, like, why is she making this? And then the principal came and was like, yeah, you have to like destroy your art piece. And then my teacher, she was like, okay, let me take this. I'll take it in the back for you and I'm going to destroy it. <laughs> And then after class, she pulled me aside and she was like, Tracy, I'm going to fire this for you because I really love this piece and don't tell anybody. I was like, okay. Oh, so I still have it. I yeah, love so I still that. have it hanging on my wall. And then ever since then, I've just been inspired to like, not, 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 I don't want to say like suppress, but like, like, I don't know how to say it, like dim my light or my creativity mm-hmm. for other people based on other people's judgments about me and their perspective on like, oh my gosh, it's a vagina. Like that's so like, it's like taboo, you know, like everybody seems to have mm-hmm. a negative view on that. Yeah. It's interesting that you say it's taboo because it's like, you know, we all we'll have are, one. Yeah. We all have <laughs> some version yeah. of it. <laughs> I find that interesting that also I guess definitely since it was in high school I can totally like I can relate to people being so like almost like afraid of their mm-hmm. own bodies that they have like a really weird reaction to like naked people and I remember like the weird rules in the locker room that were surrounded by like don't look at anybody yeah. like stare forward and stuff like that so it's interesting our like topic our bigger topic is like slut shaming like culture and overall like sexuality Mm -hmm. and I feel like um a lot of it starts in middle school and for me the first time that I noticed sexuality was when like two girls in my middle school took like low-key naked pics and sent it to boys and they got leaked everybody was talking about how you know they were like hoes and sluts Mm -hmm. for doing this but and then I feel like that's the first time that I noticed like any that that oh we're sexual beings like this is the norm now did you like feel like middle school was maybe the first time that I guess other people or you were sexualized um no I so my experience with like my I don't want to say like sexual experience started when I was five because of what I've experienced was um like when I went to Vietnam a lot of that culture like sexual abuse was very prominent there so that was my first time experience like sexual like abuse so I think from there I pretty much had the mindset of like oh everybody's sexual it's okay to do this it's okay to touch people like this but then I realized when I came over to America that was like not okay so then um when I started to like express myself sexually like through like clothing or like or like touch people a certain way I would kind of like or not not me touching them but more like people like hugging me or like touching my leg or something I would kind of like be triggered by that I'm sorry that happened to you and you know I think it's interesting that you say that in different cultures there is a different standard of like being sexualized and sexual Mm -hmm. abuse and like when you came to America there was a lot more like I guess education and even like stigmas when when did you move to the U.S.? Uh, Well so I was born here in America but then when my mom passed away we had to go to Vietnam to tell her family that she had passed away 
And so during my time in Vietnam, I didn't speak any Vietnamese at all. I couldn't communicate to anybody Mm. that this had happened to me. I thought it was just normal because the way that my abuser put it was like, it's a game, you know, like, I'm going to touch you here, here, here. Like, it's part of the game. Like, I'm doing this because I love you. And I thought it was normal. So when I came to America, um, I was five or six and I've lived in Vietnam for two years. So my primary language was English and then it, it became Vietnamese. And then I forgot all of the English that I had learned. And then um, when I came back to America, I only spoke Vietnamese and I couldn't communicate again that this had happened to me in Vietnam to anybody. And then my then it happened again, like my sexual abuse with a different type of abuser. It started from like six to all the way until I was 11. And I didn't tell anybody. I thought it was just completely normal. Like I was thinking like, why isn't anybody else doing this with me? But my mindset was like, when I grew older, I thought, why is someone doing this to me? Because I talked to another girl who had her sexual experience too in middle school. And I was wondering, like people were slut shaming her too. And I couldn't figure out why she wasn't like exposing herself. She wasn't like promiscuous or anything like that. She wasn't, I guess the way she dressed was more adult. Like she was just more mature and she was just like I I don't know if you guys believe in like sexual energy or not but like sometimes people just exude sexual energy um and then that's that's not their fault it just means they're sexually awake at an early age and people notice that and people tend to blame that person and view it as negative but when she was telling me her experience then I started reflecting like wow that happened to me I realized what I've I've been through and what it does to you in your everyday life, how it affects me, how it affects how you communicate with people. So she helped me a lot realizing and recognizing that. Something that I wanted to ask you, I know that you wrote this story in your art page uh-huh. about how based based on what had happened to you and people slut shaming you and sexually like harassing you mm-hmm. essentially, you thought that they knew what had happened to you. How would you say that the slut shaming culture works against sexual assault survivors um that is a tough question i think that my experience with as you get older because obviously like slut shaming starts really young but Mm -hmm. for me slut shaming didn't really happen to me until i was in Mm -hmm. college and i saw the negative effects of slut shaming on victims because it was like the kind the kinds of things people would say like oh like she was asking yeah. for it or she's like or she does this all the time why this time is it different than the time she consents to sex mm-hmm. and things like that and it made it really hard for victims to come forward because it's like slut shaming attacks your yeah. reputation and it leads people to not be believed And I think the worst thing for somebody is to tell their story and someone tell them that they don't believe them or that they're lying. And so sometimes people just don't come forward at all because we have people might be ashamed of what, you know, victims unfortunately feel ashamed sometimes. I think that just kind of plays into this like slut shaming and just people purity culture where people harass other people because they don't live on this crazy weird morality that some people believe in yeah yeah and i know that even like when i met you and with cheer i I mean people are fucking mean in high school i think people like to remember their high school experiences like they weren't that rude but really they were because everybody I guess was working through something I I feel like it comes from a lot of people wanting certain attention and then not getting it and seeing other people being like confident in themselves or just like really doing their thing 
And that was the thing that you danced like no one was fucking watching. Like <laughs> you really lived your truth. Mm -hmm. And people would be negative about that. They would see somebody who's like confident, who's minding being herself. And they'd be like, she just wants attention. Yeah. And it's like, bro, we're on the cheer team. She's just mm -hmm. dancing. Yes, yes. I'm so glad that you said that because I got most of my slut shaming when I was on the cheer team. They would make rumors about each. It, it seemed like a rotation with like who, people who weren't in the cheer group was a rotation like, wow, so-and-so like slept with this person. I'm like, I don't remember sleeping with this person. <laughs> Or they would say, oh, that girl, she slept with the whole basketball team. And anytime I hear a rumor about like a girl, a negative rumor, I'm like, that's not true. Like, how do you know that? Why do you say that? I totally agree because sometimes it's really funny because I would hear rumors from my friends and they'd be like, oh, wait, you didn't do that? I thought you did that. And I was like, girl what in the hell <laughs> fuck did you hear that and she's like oh yeah. i don't know i thought that was true i remember this okay funny kind of a funny story but one of my friends was like didn't you break that dude's dick <laughs> and i was like he did break his dick okay that did happen in college but i was yeah. not associated with that at all and i was like no and i was like are people saying that and she's like yeah people are saying that and i'm like For how long? That happened like years mm -hmm. ago. She's like, yeah, this whole time I thought that was you. And it was my friend. And I was like, what other rumors do people believe are true if my friend yeah. thought this ridiculous thing was true? Yeah. You know? Oh, I don't know what about rumors. Like, if you want to know it, like, go to the source. And I guess people love drama and knowing something dirty about you so they can use it against you. You know? Um, seems like a pattern. Yeah, I think. Mm -hmm. And also on the flip side, I know that once you were labeled as like a hoe or a slut boys would often like grab onto that and be like oh yeah like i fucked her or like mm -hmm. i kissed her or like i whatever yes. and i and you know it's like i don't even know you bro like when did we speak i think that happens a lot when you're younger and it's really it's just a weird thing that guys do where they i think like you know i was watching easy a earlier just mm -hmm. you know trying to reminisce over how high school was but Once like you, yeah, once you get a rep, I feel like men are thinking, oh, no one's going to question me if that's true. And then it just turns into a snowball of this thing where like everyone's saying they've slept with you. So now you now it's like crazy. And then it's just I don't know. It's so crazy to me because obviously I think you should live your truth. Do whatever the fuck mm -hmm. you want. It's really nobody's business what two consenting mm -hmm. adults do. But it's very interesting where everything becomes everybody's business. Definitely. And I think like as you get older, definitely in college for we went to uh, Wazoo. Oh, so it was like very much a yeah. college town. And the the hooking up culture, like everybody there was just like uh, like generalized as a hoe because of the culture there, because sleeping around was seemed okay at the time. And I think that it changed a little bit. Like I didn't feel as slut shame because I thought we were all doing it. So I was like, oh, we're all hoes. Now, I didn't realize that that wasn't the standard. Like when I came back to Seattle, I was like, oh, it's not normal to do that because in Seattle, people are mean. Yeah, but that's <laughs> not you can't label. I feel like words like a whore and a hoe and a slut is very misogynistic because we live mm -hmm. in a, like to be honest we live in a man's world where everything is controlled by men and everything made by men and like a tampon for example mm -hmm. women did make that they're like oh you're bleeding just shove something up there that's something like a man would make like like it's just 
<laughs> I feel like we have no control over our bodies, no matter who it is. And women who slut shamed are conditioned to be misogynistic too. Because like, think about it. If you think about all of the women that have slut shamed you, who said it first? Who labeled them that first? Men did. I believe in like women should empower other women instead of tearing each other down. Because even outside of college, even outside of school, even on social media, like there are other women who tear each other down. And that's not okay. Yeah, I think that that's my issue and has always been my issue with like why I've never really felt a, any type of way about like who I've had sex with and my sexuality is that I know that these standards are set by purity culture which go back to when women were literally property to men and you know you would literally get married off to a man and they wanted you to be pure because they basically didn't want another man touching their property and so when you think about how the roots of like misogyny and slut shaming come from it's like if you had sex outside of marriage in the 1800s like basically by like your family won't speak to you you're completely destitute like you're good for nothing and it's just really upsetting to me when we're in 2020 and women are still being objectified and seen as objects and still being like if you have sex with someone you're less than and those standards are really damaging and also just like tied up in misogyny and so it's so frustrating to still see it happening with grown-ass people and grown-ass women tearing people down on the internet and i mean even on yeah. the bachelor like this past week it yeah. was it was like oh she's in, like watch out for this girl because she hangs out with like the people who have money in chicago she has to be an escort and it's like bro are you really trying to come on national tv and shame her because she might be an escort like even if she was what about it that's her fucking business that's her fucking life that's her fucking choices like what are you trying to come out here and fucking slut shame her because you think that maybe she has sex with men for money because you think that and you think that's negative mm -hmm. i had to like pause that episode this week multiple times and pop off because i was literally so disgusted with the narrative that was being pushed on national television mm -hmm. and to see that it's like still going on and they're like oh we have the first black bachelor and they're talking about how awesome it is to have a man of color on there but then they also have these like not woke not progressive narratives on there as well oh, i cannot believe that i haven't i don't watch the bachelor at all but i cannot believe that they released it's that trash don't that start on TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes my blood i know boil. What the i was really upset <laughs> this week me too me fucking too i can do whatever i want with my money and my yeah. time <laughs> Yeah. But I wanted to ask you about, I know that you got into erotic mm -hmm. art and you made a statement about how that has helped you deal with your fear of like genitalia and phobias. And so I wanted to like hear more about that and yeah, I guess your journey. So when I was 16, I had the courage to tell my parents about what had happened to me. And at first, they didn't really believe me that that happened. In a way, I kind of like internalized it and was like no one is supporting me how can they say that and as like a 16 year old you don't really know what you're doing so everything that you internalize turns into an emotion and ended up turning out like resentment mm -hmm. and like all these negative feelings right 
And so I was just angry all the time and sad and against the whole entire world. Wasn't able to trust anybody. If my family didn't believe me, then who could I trust, right? And so I started my business, Puss and Toots, at 16. Yeah. So I left home. I didn't stay with my parents anymore. I left home. And then I started my business because I wanted to do something to, like, better myself. And then as I grew older, like, a year later, I was trying to find the purpose of why I started my business. I wanted to make sure that no woman, no man, or any sexual abuse victim felt alone. So I decided to create this platform for other women and other people, other men to share their experience. And so far, the amount of messages that I get from women and men who've experienced sexual abuse, I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for Like, I'm so glad I found your page because it allowed me to release all of this emotion and start my healing process. And like, they also have the same phobias as me too. Like they are, they have trouble being intimate with their partner or like looking at certain things or something that will trigger them. And I'm like, hey, this is like a safe space. Like, it's okay. It's okay. It's just okay. (laughs) So the more I started creating, I wasn't really focused on like the monetary value, the monetary aspect of it. That wasn't really my main focus. That was just more of like, oh, people like my art, they like my art. But the main focus is to try to reach out to survivors and have them be able to like, just start their self journey of self discovery and not think like, why did this happen to me? All of this self self-doubt that festers and there are people who are like 30 plus years old who don't even like have that line of thought that they are good enough that they are they are worthy and that they don't need sexual attention to feel worthy that's so amazing that you've created a space for that because you know there's so many things about social media that I don't like but being able to reach all different types of people and people that can relate to your story so that they don't feel alone because of course there's so many people who have gone through what you've gone through but just don't it's a lot easier when someone like you shares their experience and someone can reach out and say I understand and relate to this than people mm-hmm. like being able to share their story on their own mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah I um I was just thinking about the fact that the principal said that you had to throw out your your art in ceramics because it it just makes me so angry that that was something that you were using to like heal Mm -hmm. and for the lack of other people being comfortable Mm -hmm. they they were willing to like destroy something that meant something to you you know and I think that that goes along with how in high school really the education system doesn't provide a space for people who have who have experienced sexual assault and sexual assault survivors to be able to not necessarily talk about what happened to them but like feel that this is a space where they're not being judged for what happened Mm -hmm. to them that they I don't want to call it a safe space because I didn't feel like high school was a safe space like what's so fucking ever and I don't think it would ever Mm -hmm. be but that it works against honestly everybody I think that this kind of relates to well so I had a friend who had large breasts in high school and it was like an ongoing thing where it was like you can't wear that shirt because it's too much cleavage and it's like she just has like big tits like sorry not sorry like you know what I'm saying and how people would want to like cover people's body and we like body police people in high school we couldn't even wear leggings it's just it's crazy because it's just in my mind like why like what's the purpose because what we're telling young women is that like this part of your body is bad it shouldn't be shared with the world and you need to keep yourself covered and it just seems super archaic 
when it's like why are we here we're here to learn and what does my body and what what i'm like showing to the world what does that have anything to do with me learning it doesn't change my capability to learn and if it changes a men's capability to learn because of they're like distracted i think that's on them and that we need to learn to teach young men not to objectify mm-hmm. women not teach young women to hide themselves yeah i definitely think never i think in high school nor any point in the education system that they did sex ed did we talk about like sexual abuse no. And I think that that would have been really impactful Mm -hmm. because everyone kind of kept that as a taboo subject as like a hush hush and really just kind of like trying to coast through health class by keeping everything so like medical that there Mm -hmm. wasn't any room for like life and society that goes into a lot of like sex and sexuality. Yeah, I agree. And especially in the health, health, uh, sex, sex education department, like they don't talk about how porn translates to like Mm. you know how guys like just don't care if you finish or not it's more of like who's gonna finish first right um (laughs) they don't even explain how to like stimulate a woman's body and they think that they can just like hit it and quit it too so um yeah i I mean it's really hard because sometimes i feel like especially well i experienced this on like being in college administration where i feel like they teach consent at 18 twice and then expect like (laughs) men to get it and then when there's rampant sexual assault on campus and people like oh i like what's the problem like we gave them a two-hour class on consent it's like no but like it's a lot more than that and like also i think if you're starting this conversation at 18 like that's too late And then it's like, oh, it's on the parents to teach their children consent. And it's just like so much. And it's just like one of those things where this could be an issue that we could solve in our society. But because we want to keep things as taboo and say that these things shouldn't be spoken about, we continue to have these perpetuating issues. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a system that's a little bit fucked. Yes, it is. So how do we start undoing it? Because it seems like we can't reach everybody who have been taught this way, especially on social media and the things that they watch, how people interact, especially different types of stereotypes and stigmas. It's embedded into their brain in their mind yeah and even with watching i think that we things are changing things are moving into the right direction very slowly unfortunately (laughs) but i do believe that things are changing because one of the biggest things for me was growing up i loved fucking 16 candles and i like rewatched it recently and i was like yo low-key this bitch got raped like yeah and do you know how i'm talking about the blonde girl who was like super passed out yeah and like in the 80s that would seem like totally fucking okay even in the early 2000s no one said fucking shit but now i feel like the culture has changed with more people speaking up more people educating each other i don't know how that is going to go within the educational system how that's going to be incorporated in that but definitely um talking about it and talking about honestly like talking getting comfortable talking about sex and sexuality and making it not a taboo i think it's a way to go towards the right direction and a lot of people are not ready for the porn conversation whatsoever i think people always get so fucking shook when you bring up porn and it's like don't pretend you don't watch i don't anymore actually i've actually because i've this could be a whole another episode but basically pornography is exploited exploitative of women and it also has really bad imagery so i've completely stopped consuming it and i've actually haven't watched porn in like 
I want to say three months, which for me is like a really long time. I don't, I don't, I feel better. I don't know if that makes a difference, but yeah, that's a huge conversation because the images that are in pornography Mm -hmm. are toxic, disturbing, honestly. So it took me so long to find stuff I'd get off to. So then I just stopped. Absolutely. Absolutely. I stopped. I also stopped watching too, as if three months ago, because of the imagery (laughs) and just all the different types of categories there are. Not okay. It's so gross. Honestly, it's more for men than anything. And I'm also like, like, yo, which men, which which boys are into some of this shit? Because some of it is like, well, okay, let me tell you this. I think I've said this once. I've said this a million times. I said this in front of another guy, but I was like, you can always tell when a man watches too much porn. And based he, on like how yeah. they have sex with you yeah yeah and he was like what do you mean and i described to him like what i meant by that and he was like sat there like in silence for maybe like three and a half minutes and he was like i think i watched too much porn and i was like you probably do like you probably do and he was like yeah like he, the thing you just said like i that's me wait can you say it can you say it i want to repeat it to people <laughs> What did you Okay, so the thing is is well I told him I was like there's om- there's things that people naturally say during sex and there's things that people say in porn. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Like call me daddy. Do you like that? Like, you know, like weird things and then also just like there's some guys who get erectile dysfunction from and they have to do like weirder and weirder stuff in real life to get off oh wow i get that because you're chasing that image yeah that doesn't like that isn't satisfied by like normal natural sex because porn is a performance yeah Yeah, or they make it like it's not intimate like there's like a disconnect like yeah they don't know each other (laughs) yeah (laughs) like like if they're actors yeah literally it's transactional and like yeah yeah and then there's just another thing where it's like or when you just feel like you don't you barely need to be there you know what i'm saying like they're there for them and you're there as an extension of being there for them and like this has nothing really to do with you specifically but it's just like for them to use they're using you to get off exactly yeah so food for thought maybe quit (laughs) the porn well tracy last question do you like being a bikini barista tell us about that oh my goodness i love it so much not in terms of like showing my body or anything like that i like i do like the attention i like the reaction that people like get when they see me because i don't have big boobs I don't have big butt. And a lot of social media is like, oh, you you are a woman if you have big, big breasts and big butt, right? And sometimes I get to put myself in a position where they look at me like, hey, you know, you can't look at me this way. I talk to them. Like, I give them lectures. You can't look <laughs> at me this way. What if your daughter was working in, in these stands? Would you like it if, if other men are looking hard like this that way? I love that. Yeah, a dude. little reverse Uno card. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're like, what are you trying to teach me? Like, I'm just here to get off. I'm like, yeah, but what if I was your daughter? Would you get off to your daughter? And he's like, no, good point. Thanks for killing my boner. And I'm like, great. I did a great job. And no then they would one. give me yeah. like, yeah. And then they would, they would buy their drink and they would go on with their day. Yeah. But I'm like trying to educate them slowly about like, hey, even though this is a business, my, the, the boss mm-hmm. who owns it, he's a man. He is monetizing, sexualizing, exploiting women for their bodies and selling $8 coffee. That is very shitty coffee, by the way. Ugh. I, I've never been to Bikini Barista, but that is a lot of money for a coffee. Yeah, exactly. And all of the women that, 
that I've met yeah. there are so like sex positive. Like if you want to, if you want more podcasts about like sex positivity and like slut shaming, we talk to them. To. Like their, their experience, <laughs> like with men, like they're just doing it for their money. They know that they look good and they know that they're pretty much taking advantage of male sexual desire, other sexual desire and getting their bag at the end of the day. And I'm like proud of them for that. Honestly, like that's so badass. Like, and it doesn't mean- I love yeah, that. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that just because you show your body, that doesn't mean that you're losing self-respect for yourself or you don't have any self-worth or anything like that. I think it's more. I find them respectable that they can put themselves in that position and make money off of that because of men. men have been doing it for years centuries decades why not make money off of it right honestly yeah once you get the system you can take advantage of it yeah, I I know I've like heard negative comments and I feel like it's always people who wouldn't have the balls to like put on a bikini and just go about their day. And it's like, don't mm-hmm. hate. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, for me, I feel like a job's a job and whatever you do is kind of your fucking business. And if you're not paying somebody else's bills, I think you should mind your own fucking business. Do you um get any women in the drive through? Yes, I love it. That's so, they're so supportive. Like, they're like, you know, I come to these stands because I want to support you guys and take a give you guys a break from from all of the sexual looks and the lustful all that stuff and they'll toss you like $50 tips he's like here here you are like keep doing your thing I know you got a uh, bills to pay for and I can help you contribute to that without giving you these nasty looks and I love them for it I love I love that well Tracy thank you so much for coming on the podcast do you want to plug yourself have any last thoughts where can people find you and your art Okay, I have art business. <laughs> it's on IG Puss and Toots P U S S N T O O T S sixty nine. Love that. Yes, but you can find me there, and that will be in our description yes. box. So we yeah. will make sure to plug you on our IG. So if anybody wants to go check out her store, the links will be in um, IG. Definitely. Thank you so much for sharing your story, being vulnerable with us, and coming on the podcast. I know it can mm-hmm. be scary <laughs> to put information out into the world. Um, so we're really grateful. Thank you for having me. We love you. Plugs of the week. For my plug of the week this week, I am shouting out sailorstarstore.com. They are based in San Diego. It's bath bombs, crystal, candle holders, home decorations, and the vibe is cute, pastel, and all pretty things. Check them out. All right. So for our East Washington homies, this plug of the week actually came from a listener, and the plug is Northwest Sugar. They do super cute aesthetic cookies and custom cakes and they're in spokane washington and their at is at northwest sugar on ig so those are the plugs of the week thank you so much everybody for listening we are so we want to just again give a really big thanks to tracy for coming on and being vulnerable and telling her story we love hearing people's stories but we know that they're sometimes hard to share so mm-hmm. we just like really appreciate her bravery and for coming on today absolutely to finish our show we will ask you to please rate us five stars on apple podcast it helps us a lot we're trying to quit our day jobs i'm just kidding but you know it would be nice <laughs> and you can also find us on ig at thanks the number for your concern and my personal is at ll tutor and mine is at bernice ideas i've been working a lot on my content so like follow me <laughs> thanks all right we'll see you next week bye, bye.